Welcome to Sports and Stogies. Now, introducing your hosts, Cameron Winklewitz and Austin Hayes. You guys could have changed the way our radars pick stuff up. So these may have been around for a while, just not detected. That's no fun, right? I mean, how do you not know there's a balloon there? Like we, it was visible with the naked eye. Pretty big balloon. <laughs> like, and how do you fly a balloon like that? Like, is it a hot air balloon? Is it like a balloon I with wind thrusters it on it, like a blimp? Kind of drifting like that. Or it just happened to drift into the United States. It's very coincidental. <laughs> but I think more importantly, not even the balloon part, the UFO part. If we actually not just discovered alien life, but discovered uh, alien okay. life that had gotten here. There's no way we shot it, right? Like, I listen, see Independence Day, man. I love America. <laughs> but I, and I love that we have the right to bear arms. But I don't think we're that dumb. Not to mention we got trains with toxic chemicals spilling left and right here in Ohio. Yeah, that's interesting. What a fun time to be alive. As soon as the NFL season ends, all this crazy shit starts happening. Yeah, great for a uh, non-sports podcast. It's a good thing we're starting to venture out. Uh, not into that field, though. It's a little too much, a little too much debate in that area. Um, true, but, um, I think we have a show to do. Oh yeah, you're right. Actually, I kind of forgot we had mics in front of us and a monitor up now. And dare I say a third guy in studio. Some would say that we do have a third guy in studio. So pull up a chair, pour up a drink, and of course, light that cigar. It's time for episode 24 of Sports and Stogies. Cam. Well, welcome back. Everyone, our cult following, some would say. <clears throat> Easy on that word. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everybody. Episode 24 and Shane's first episode. Um, here in a second, we're going to pass the equipment to Shane and let him introduce himself, who he is, who he's a fan of. Um, he can go into mine and his butt ball podcast. I would hope so. Idea. and uh, But today I'm smoking on the Adventura's King's Gold, which is a very unique cigar. It has a full metal band. Which I've never seen before. And this was recommended by Colin at Tip Top, of course. Um, had a nice little haul there. Got a Julius Caesar, got a couple house blends. They have a new house blend, a Maduro, as opposed to the Sun Grown in the Connecticut. And uh, what else did I grab? Oh, an M80. M80, M81. Correct. Maybe up. Blackened. So, and this, King's Gold. And so far, it's a little spicier than normal, than uh, what I usually smoke, I guess I should say. But uh, not bad by any means. Great smoke production, great draw. Got a good burn going so far. Great burn. And then that metal band really is that little little cherry on top. It pops. Yeah, it does. It's a great look. Great branding. Absolutely. Well, I've got one courtesy of you, actually, because we pushed in our bet and you're on surprised. last show. And I'm surprised, Stick. I will say. We got the Pappy Van Winkle by Drew Estates. Pappy, of course, being... 
maybe the most sought after and rare bourbon out there, at least in terms of stature. Um, it has a Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper, an Indonesian binder, and a Dominican Republic and Nicaraguan filler. So there's a whole lot going on here so far. I'm a big fan. Again, great burn, excellent smoke production. And then flavor-wise, those bourbon notes are definitely present. Kind of a mesquite spokiness, which I didn't expect. But it is similar to the, the fire cured, like you had mentioned. And a nice, rich, dark chocolate note at the end. So pretty complex. A lot of things going on. Now, I'm very excited for the very first cigar review and introduction from Mr. Shane. What is up, guys? Um, so this is my first episode on the cast. I'm happy to be here. Cam and Austin got me hooked up with an awesome house blend from Tip Top. I don't smoke a whole lot, but this Connecticut is awesome. I mean, you know, I've smoked, what, like four or five maybe six cigars and by far this is the best <laughs> have you picked any actual notes out yet i haven't yet but you know maybe give it a couple weeks yeah, that'll come with time it'll it'll taste more than just tobacco you know <laughs> um and i love the little nod to our uh our idea of the butt ball podcast that was awesome for the for the month it lasted <laughs> want to go back in the history on that oh dude for sure so before sports and stoves got started cam and i had had the uh the conversation of hey Let's start a podcast. We talk about some crazy stuff. We know our sports. Let's share it with the world. And uh, it, it never came to fruition, you know. I was in college. Cam had work going on. But we're here. We're doing it. And it's great. Now, I got to ask about the original name. <laughs> Who came up with that? Where did that come from? I really honestly couldn't tell you. I think we were just struggling with names. We're like, butt, ball, awesome. This is it. And uh, like I said, it never came to be. But I'm here. I'm executive producing. I'm doing my thing, and I'm killing it on the path on the pod. That's your chosen title, executive producer. Oh, dude, all the way. That makes me sound so important. How could I go with anything else? Sounds much more important than us, actually. It it is. It is. So now we need business cards made up for him too, <laughs> with cigar connoisseur and executive producer oh, on dude. it. Dude, give me give me a week. I've got my business cards. Shane Brook, EMT and training, Best Buy salesman, executive producer. A jack of all trades, you could say. Oh, dude, one million percent. And the perfect guy to have you on a show in a super important role, which is going to make me and Cam's job a lot easier, and hopefully it makes the show flow smoother overall. I'd hope so. Um, you know, before the show we went through, and oh, before the show we went through and uh, pulled up, you know, most of the major stories just to save some time. Um, you guys mentioned it. I'll pull it up. I'm watching audio, making sure everything's getting picked up. And eventually, when we venture out to video, I'll be taking care of that, too. Yeah, I know our goal right now is to have a full setup for you with a mic and headphones and everything. Mm, probably by the next two shows, That'd give be or nice. take. Could be next show. Possibly yeah. next show. Because right now, you, you and Cam are sharing a mic, which is not ideal, but we've done it before with a fourth guy in here. And that was, <laughs> that was a venture. Now, what's your uh, background sports-wise, your fandoms? So sports-wise, I'm, I'm going to get some, some shit for it. I'm going to be honest. Um, I'm over here with Brother Cam, Browns fan. It's, uh, it's been a miserable season, but next year we got it for sure, 1 million percent. There's no possible way this team could continue to fail like it's done for the past, I don't know, 30 years? Ever. Ever, yeah. And um, basketball-wise, it's a little bit better, not a whole lot. I'm a Sixers fan. <laughs> Ooh, okay, didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah. It's not fun right now, I'll tell you that. It's not fun. 
um, we look good for a minute and then for, you know, probably about three, four weeks, we just won't do anything. So classic Sixers. Oh, absolutely. Especially in the, you know, the Doc Rivers era. Oh my God. That's all it's been. That's all it's been. I would almost rather have Brett Brown back. I'm going to be honest. Could be a hot take. It's a hot take, but I'd say it's not a horrible one. Now, of course, we're pairing up our stogies here with some Jameson Black Barrel, which is uh, a little lighter than I usually drink. It's only 80 proof. Irish whiskey, uh, but very creamy, and so far a great combo, at least with my stick. So far so good over here, too, uh, and again, welcome to the show, Shane. Uh, this will be a lot more, a lot better when he has his own mic. Uh, unfortunately, that is not the case right now, but I'm hoping by next show, depending on how fast Amazon wants to be this weekend, hopefully he can have his set up. Um, locked in. I know we'll have the new mixer, and so yeah, it just depends on uh, what Amazon wants to do. He already came through with a crazy adapter for us. Yeah, it's a uh, like ten plug uh, dock for the MacBook, so we no longer need a new laptop. Uh, it has USB ports for days. It's got uh, HDMI ports, so we can use the monitor. Speaking of it probably best to pull up the tabs now so you can click through before we uh we're all learning he's still learning this is his first executive producing job um and hopefully the last one and hopefully the last one <clears throat> but with that we've got a couple fan cues real quick before that some new decor items here too which i'd be remiss not to mention oh yeah 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 um We'll post pictures of them for sure, but we have a we had two gifts brought to us. Three actually. We have also biz, personal personal business card holders now, pocket sized. Pretty dope. Uh, those are great. You'll I'll post pictures of those on the Instagram too and Facebook with this episode release. And then we have a bourbon knowledge uh, metal plaque, and it's got everything that you could ever dream of on there. And then my favorite thing that we have probably in studio other than my Nick Chubb signed helmet is the bourbon scratch off. So there's 50 bourbons on this picture. And when you buy one, you scratch off that bourbon. Definitely a new segment and kind of a guided bourbon hunt. Oh, for sure. I've had less than half of those. For sure. There's some pretty hard to find, pretty high dollar stuff on there. So, yeah. So, starting at episode 24, we'll be scratching our first one off next week. Hopefully. I'll find one of those. Okay. Guaranteed. <laughs> we'll be scratching our first one off next week. Now, and as we always do, we are going to reach to you guys for a name of that segment. That's our, our worst aspects to creativity yeah can we hire a creative director too a creative uh, producer shane would you like a slash in your name I'm gonna be honest. another one i have a name i do what do you got scratch and sip scratch and sip absolutely this guy's a genius shane i have bad news you're actually fired from your executive producer job and hired full-time as creative director what an intro you just want me to close out the tabs now i will handle it yeah. yeah, don't don't close those out. Put, put a whiteboard up and start, you know, dealing up some logo design, some new stuff like that, for sure. And that was a perfect time of where if he had a mic, that would have been so much better. For sure. 
Um, he interrupted us <laughs> and said, hey, I got a great idea. And it was a great idea. And I'm okay with that interruption. We'll give you one. But uh, don't let it happen ever again. I'm going to need you to raise your hand from now on. I like that. You didn't get. You got to be called on. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, fan cues. Is Russell Westbrook the most underrated superstar ever? Uh, you had a better word earlier. The or most disrespected, disrespected superstar. superstar ever. Um, he is. A couple year, a couple seasons shy of the twenty five thousand point, ten thousand rebound, ten thousand assist club. Is it a club yet? There's only one other member. It's LeBron James. Yeah, assuming he stays healthy and keeps getting regular minutes, he should definitely hit that. I don't know why his reputation is so bad overall. (laughs) I guess he's never like the winner. Never the guy, not very efficient, but, I mean, the stats don't lie. And I also want to mention um, Oscar Robertson's triple-double record up in, like, even through, like, 26, like, 2015, 2014, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, LeBron, Bill Russell, Kareem, they were all saying that record will never be beaten. I think it was 188. Uh, Seems pretty unbeatable. Or something like that or whatever. And Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double for, like, what, three seasons straight? Four, maybe? Much. Um, Shane, why don't you pull that up? How many seasons did uh, Russell Westbrook average a triple-double? How good does that feel to say? Feels great. Uh, my buddy Caleb actually made a joke. I was telling him about Adam Shane, and I always use... Um, <clears throat> um, Jamie. Jamie as an example, and he said, so you have a shamey. And I was like, we do. So how many average a triple-double four of the last five seasons? So that was from 2016 to, what, 2019, 2020? Yeah, this year. Okay. And 171 of the total 194 have come since 2016. That's absurd. And in that time, that was when he was most disrespected, I feel like. Yeah. Especially, I think here recently, the past year or two. See, I can't think of who's more disrespected at that level of talent. No one. Really, there's no one. I mean, don't get me wrong, we've, we, we've seen him fall, but now we're seeing him rise again. Dude's like a phoenix. Russell the Phoenix Westbrook? Again, we're not creative. <laughs> uh, I think still the best nickname we've come up with is Greg the Torch Dorch. Of course. But that just rolled off the tongue one day. It's natural. Uh, we've swung and missed on so many other nicknames since then. We're about 1 for 20. But, well, I'm 1 for 20. You're 0 for still, unfortunately. <sighs> Allegedly. Yeah, I coined the torch. We'll go back and check that tape. <laughs> Shame me <laughs> pull that up. <laughs> Um, and then the other fan cue is, is Drew Holiday the most underrated player in the league? I think because Lowry's finally getting some love. It, it probably is Drew, actually. Yeah. 
especially playing second or even third fiddle to Giannis and Chris Middleton. And still being consistent over his whole career. Yeah. I mean, he just had a 40-point game, what, two nights ago as of recording? In Boston. And he's the only NBA player to ever go 10 seasons between all-star selections. That right there shows you he's been playing at this level his whole career. And probably the best on-ball defender in the league, at least in the conversation. Uh, Probably second to Marcus Smart. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough never getting love because even though the Bucks are so good, they're still not covered as much as they should be compared to like the Lakers and Clippers and Phoenix and teams like that. So being the third guy on that team and not being super flashy like Giannis is, I think it definitely comes with being heavily underrated. I agree. Now we go into the NFL where we start out with some kind of sad news. Um, there was another retirement announced and another legend that we're seeing walk away from the game. Uh, two-time Super Bowl champion Chad Henney retired this week. Honestly, I might quit watching the NFL. I just can't imagine it being the same without him there. I don't really see um, how successful the Chiefs can be now. I think that kind of came out of the left field, you know? Like, they've been doing so well, five-time AFC championship games back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Uh, two Super Bowls in that time, and you're losing a star. I mean, Andy Reid gets a lot of the credit. Mahomes gets a lot of the credit. Even Eric Bieniemy, But the true mastermind on that team and in that locker room is Chad Henney. It's got to be, right? Correction. Was Chad Henney. Was Chad Henney. Uh, I'm sure he'll still be around. Uh, first ballot Hall of Famer? Um, unfortunately, I feel like he gets gypped. Uh, that, that, what is the – is it – uh, how long do you have to wait? I believe five years after retirement. <laughs> Man, he's going to, you know, Tom Brady's going to be locked. Um, J.J. Watt's going to be locked. He's got he's got tough competition. A.J. Green, fringe. Uh, that is correct. Five-year waiting period. Thanks, James, uh, Shane. <laughs> Look at this guy <laughs> over here. <laughs> Thanks for that. This show is going to a whole new level. That's, this is great. It's a whole lot better than I thought it would be. Actually, you, almost, you might have to change your... Your slogan at the end of the show. Because we're surpassing that. We've passed the moon? I think we have. I think we're nearing the moon. I don't think we've passed it yet. We're close. We're close, but no cigar. So uh, you're Armstrong. I'm Buzz. And he's uh, uh, the third guy that nobody knows, right? Yeah. <laughs> Shepard? I want to say Shepard? <laughs> For the first moon landing? And look what he's, look what he's already typing in. Look at his own name on that. <laughs> what a beast. Um, Other news-wise, do you want to go with the hirings first? Uh, yeah, we should probably start there. Or, no, let's start with uh, our good friend Roger Goodell. Lead the way. Um, says that officiating is the best it's ever been. Well, that's just not true, but ever. he has to say that, right? Does he? What Does do you he have if, to? If he said, well, they're doing a great job, there's always room for improvement, would you like that better? Yes. A lot better. Yeah, but he's never going to say that. He's all about the shield. He says it's never been better, though. And to be fair, maybe he's not wrong. We just see every single play from every single angle now, so we're much more critical of these guys. Just to play devil's advocate, 
Yeah, but still, to say it's never been better when we've there's been some blatantly bogus calls. Oh yeah, and like maybe not calls at the level of that Saints uh, Rams. That was a great no call. What are you talking about? Uh, or uh, that's the uh, that's probably the only thing that could be worse than some of the calls we've gotten this year. But look, my thing is, and I've said it before. I don't think the refs are making incompetent calls. I think they're intentionally making certain calls to influence the game and the gambling aspect. It's not impossible. Call me a conspiracy theorist, but I'm not the only one saying it. We're going to have to start wearing tinfoil hats up in Sports and Stogie studio. I already got mine on. That's why it's a little toasty up here. It's very true. Because it couldn't be having a third guy. No, 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 no. And then, other than that, we have Calvin Ridley applying for reinstatement on the very first day possible. Jaguars kind of scary if he gets reinstated. Oh, even having just this year without him, having Kirk and Ingram, that could be um, a substantial upgrade come uh, come next year. Calvin Ridley, man, that's a scary guy. I mean, he was at least a top ten guy, definitely. Reasons two years ago, yeah, on a horrible team with no second option. Exactly. And he's still, what, 26, 27? Uh, very young. He is 28, there actually. Thanks, Shane. And go uh, see if you can pull up his year-by-year stats. But um, I think he was a 1,000-yard receiver every year. In Atlanta? Yeah. I'll definitely be betting on him to have a great year next season. Comeback player of the year? Book it. Uh, okay, here we go. We got... Oh, his year before he was suspended was 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns. And uh, uh, just under 100 catches. That's pretty good. 91 yards per game? Yeah. On an already Bad pretty team. loaded offense coming to Jacksonville? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I saw um, Colin Coherd. hate that guy, by the way said his best, the best quarterbacks in the NFL in this order is Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. Little premature for that, but he's shown flashes of that potential to come to that level. Um, I hope so. I don't because I'm not a fan of his, as we well know. But hey, yeah, the kid's fun to watch. Fa- you've said he, you're a fan of his NBA, NFL career. Correct. Yeah, I'll, I'll make that. Uh, but um, oh, here, Colin Coward's rankings just got pulled up. Uh, go ahead and scroll down to the bottom there. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Herbert, then Allen, then Hurts. That's just, and then still Matthew Stafford. Hey, he's a controversial guy, all right? He's going to make controversial takes. And incorrect takes. All day. Now, now we've got some signings to talk yeah, about. Yeah, big time. Uh, Eagles losing both their coordinators. Their D.C. going to Arizona and their O.C. going to Indy. Curious to see what happens. Uh, I know you had a little thing about their O.C. there. Um, yeah, Shane Steichen was Herbert's coach his first year, which he had a great season, and then had two years with Jalen Hurts, and you saw how he developed. 
So going to a team where they're probably going to draft a young mobile quarterback. Every mock draft is saying C.J. Stroud to Indy. That should be a good fit So on paper. And I think that's either the them trading for the first pick or using what pick they have now. Um, but, yeah, I have not. I've, and then Bryce Young to Houston. Speaking of Houston, uh, Cliff Kingsbury interviewing with D'Amico Ryan. So he's back in the States or he's making uh, long-distance phone calls? He's, he's had two interviews with D'Amico Ryan to be the offensive coordinator there. So I don't know. Probably a, the best fit for him. I don't think he's ever going to be a head coach again, at least in the NFL. No, but a not. young team with really no expectations going there and call plays. Be a good job. Yeah. Um, Eric Bieniemy, no job, or still an offensive coordinator. He has interviewed the most out of anyone. He's interviewed 15 times with no hire, twice with the Jets. Um, I know there's a lot of stuff coming out that he doesn't really call the plays in Kansas City. Um, I think we've known that, though. Yeah, but um, just weird. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't give good interviews. It's got to be something like that, right? I mean, the fact he's been interviewed 15 times. Maybe he's turning down. Maybe he's just going to the interviews as a courtesy. I mean, would you rather be OC of the Chiefs with Pat Mahomes or be head coaching the Jets? Yeah, maybe he's just turning the jobs down. I mean, he hasn't really come out and said anything. It doesn't seem like he wants to leave. Um, he, by no means are they going to get rid of any of their coaching staff. No, if anything, I've heard more from Andy Reid speaking up for him. Like, right. hey, why yeah. aren't you hiding this guy? But I haven't heard the enemy actually say anything. So, yeah, maybe maybe he just wants to stick it out till Andy decides he wants to retire the old josh mcdaniel strategy maybe he's just waiting and when andy retires he's just gonna take over patrick mahomes and travis kelsey i mean yeah that'd be a great setup to go into and being under andy reed for so long and you're running sort of running his offense you have an idea of what his play calling is yeah, at least you're learning how to run his you offense. you know his scheming and i'm sure you have some input on that so I think he's just waiting out Andy Reid. I hadn't considered that until right now. Why wouldn't he do that? That's the best thing for him. Because like I said, there's been, never been a mention of him getting fired. There's never been a mention of him not getting rehired. Um, I'm sure the pay gap is large, but when you know you're... And executive could have already been... They could have already talked to him like, hey, you know, you're going to step up when Andy Reid retires because I'm sure Andy Reid has some health concerns and stuff, maybe, but um, he can't be in the best health. Not passing the eyeball test. And being a head coach, stress is not good. Yeah, but how much stress do you really have when you got Mahomes out there for you? That's Besides fair. seeing him hurt his ankle, what's really that stressful? Yeah, well, now you're stressed because when he hurts his ankle, Chad Henney's not coming in to save the day. That could be it. To see Andy Reid and Chad Henney walk off into the sunset together would be a great way for him to go out. And then Eric Bieniemy 
and Patrick Mahomes lock arms and take the Chiefs to, to the a moon. Five and twelve record next year. <laughs> uh, who else got hired? Um, I know um, you mentioned Rex Ryan was interviewed for defensive coordinator in, um, in Denver. Denver, yeah, interesting. Yeah, out of the blue, he's been a, an analyst for like at least five years now. Yeah, but great defensive mind and inheriting a great defense. Definitely. I'd take that job in a heartbeat. I 100% would too. Especially with Sean Payton. You, all you got to do, you all you have to worry about is defense. Offense is taken care of. They don't even need an offensive coordinator. I don't even know if they have one. Yeah, his name's Sean Payton. And Russell J. Wilson. Well, absolutely. <laughs> um, how do you feel about uh, Gannon to the Cardinals? I don't feel anything about it at all. I know that was a job that wasn't very sought after. Yeah, I wouldn't want to take that job. Seems like it's going to be a revolving door. First year head coach there, Kyler is unproven. I, I still think he's maybe a top 10 guy at his highest ceiling. And then future-wise, their draft capital spent. It's not a good situation. No. Um who else do we got? I think hiring wise, that's it. But we do have the uh, we got Josh McCown as the Carolina quarterback coach. Well, good to see Josh McCown back in a coaching uh, in a coaching position. I really think there's no better quarterback coach to have. Yeah, I mean, he played for every team. He knows how everyone. He's been a quarterback coach for like eighteen years. Exactly, has that you know backup quarterback role. Pretty much, and then um, Todd Munkin, I think from Georgia is the new Ravens offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's a great fit, actually. I mean, he, he had a, some of the all-time best offenses at Georgia. Yeah, Stetson Bennett. Dual threat legend. And now, depending on if they sign Lamar, I'm hearing now they might trade Lamar. Uh, there was reports saying that they are willing to explore trading. And there's really, other than Aaron Rodgers, there's no quarterback out there that's worth trading for. Um, you know, Jimmy G's a free agent. Derek Carr is now a free agent after he Officially. was released. Uh, but he's tied to the Saints pretty heavily from what I've heard. Too early, but I've heard Carr to the Saints and Rodgers to the Jets. A lot of traction going both ways with those guys. Yeah, it makes sense. But we have a Super Bowl to recap. That we do. And what a hell of a game it was was a great game. Match the hype and then some? Yeah. I 100%. Back Man. and forth all day. You were you were so close to nailing that final so score. So close. If only a couple of different things fell your way. We'll talk about that later. We got another 3 hours here at least. Yeah, I'm, I've I've got to get reamped up about it. What what shocked me the most was the possession time differential just in the first half. Yeah. Uh, it was like 21 minutes to 8 minutes. Do some seconds to round out to that 30-minute mark. But that does not happen. And no, not in a close I mean, game. On paper and looking at the box scores, the Eagles should have won that game by like two scores. But there's more to it than just stats. Most shocking was the Chiefs outrushed the Eagles. And I think the biggest thing was the Eagles got absolutely zero pressure on Mahomes. Didn't sack him once. They shook him up when he hurt his ankle. But outside of that, their defense did not show up. Um, neither 
team really had the best pass rush, honestly. And they say that's maybe because of the field conditions. Um, I will say I've never seen a team handle things like that more professionally than the Eagles did postgame. Uh, Bradbury especially when he got that holding call. Bradbury said, I held. I thought I'd get away with it. Um, you know, none of them. They refused to blame anyone but themselves. They took complete ownership of losing. Uh, even Sirianni said, you know, you don't leave the game up to the refs. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's a testament to both Sirianni's and Hertz's leadership really all year. They've always been the first to accept any kind of accountability, and that clearly shows throughout the whole team. And another thing is none of the players they interviewed blamed anyone else. Even Jason Kelsey said, you know, the field, yeah, sure, it was painted and the grass was slick or whatever, but the Chiefs were playing on that same field. Exactly. So I should have played better. And there's I don't I can't name probably five other players that would have that accountability. Right after losing the Super Bowl? No. No chance. Um maybe Zach Wilson. Off. He's the the poster boy for accountability. <laughs> really demonstrates some core values. But a uh, great game. And I'll one of the few Super Bowls I'll probably actually rewatch. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. Um, best Super Bowl we've seen in a long time. And some are saying it might be the best ever. Entertainment-wise, it's got to be up there. Mahomes with a huge fourth quarter on a hobbled ankle, throwing two scores, scrambling for 26. And a solid halftime show. Oh, yeah, Rihanna was great. Although, was a, I was surprised by the lack of a special guest. Uh, her special guest was her child brewing. She didn't perform, though. Or, I guess, he or she didn't perform. Correct. It was very, such a unique um, halftime show with the floating platforms and all that stuff. Like, I didn't know what was happening at first. And I know for a fact OSHA was very stressed out. I'm sure they were all harnessed in. Especially because, no, they weren't. There was a backup dancer that almost fell. He got the job done. Uh, you could not pay me to be one of those backup dancers going up on those platforms. I wonder how much they made. Uh, there's, a, there's a number out there. That, no. The, Although I, you, don't, you don't really have the typical dancer body. I wouldn't be able to wear white. No chance. I was shit running down my leg. No chance. <laughs> um, imagine if it was like a surprise too. Like they're all just standing there getting ready and then they're just the floor starts rising up with them. They're like, what the fuck is going on? I just imagine that that's what happened. They're being the ultimate professionals though and, and push through it also got to mention chris stapleton's national anthem huge fan of his he's got an incredible voice and that was very, not only very well that done. but the two people I, I can't remember their names but the two sign language people yeah uh there was a lot of asl people in the asl community that said they weren't just signing they were singing with their hands uh, the halftime show one was Justina Miles, and you'll probably have to seek that clip out. But if you get the chance, watch that clip because she is performing just as good as Rihanna is. Yeah, and same to the guy who did Chris Stapleton's. They the the amount of emotion they showed without using words is just crazy. And I guess it's probably easier to do the anthem because it's one song, and you you definitely know it. Then to have like 10 different Rihanna songs all coming out in different times. A medley? That's yeah. very impressive to be able to sign all that and keep up with that. 
Props to them. I don't think I have a single complaint about the Super Bowl, besides maybe the field conditions. I don't. Uh, who, do you know what the Super Bowl matchup was in 2017? Can you pull 2017? that up, 2017? Yeah. Um, would that have been Pat's Rams? Um, no. That was the Patriots-Falcons. Ugh. Great game, but they had the Black Eyed Peas as the Super Bowl halftime show, and it was awful. That was that year? Yeah. Yeah, that was probably the last bad one I remember. Like, horrendous one. Yeah. Uh, love the Black Eyed Peas? I don't. Not great live. Uh, not their forte. No. Who do you want to see at the halftime show next year? Realistically. Oh, man. That's because tough. I think you're never going to get a band like Metallica. Not again, It's going to no. be a, usually a pop performer. Um... T-Swizzle? She hasn't done one, has she? She's not. I know Katy Perry has. Uh, Lady Gaga has. Um, Beyonce could be good. She did one. She did? Yeah. Uh, phew, man. Um, Maybe they go country. Like, uh, like Luke Combs. He's pretty huge. I'm trying to think of what big pop singers are left. You could probably do Drake. Has he done one? No. I could see them going the Lizzo route just because she's very popular. I think she'd kill it too, actually. Probably. Her her music is a different style where it can amp you up. Cardi B. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that wouldn't be bad. Cardi B and Nicki Minaj probably would be the route. Um, how about the Shakira and J-Lo again? Round two? The only... <sighs> Shakira, they make great music, but her voice, like, is not... It, she sounds like Kermit the Frog. Uh, she's not known for her singing ability. And neither is J-Lo, to be fair. J-Lo's a great singer. And like I said, they have great songs, but <laughs> Shakira's voice... It, it, it doesn't it, always translate. It's just so live. strange. Like, even if you listen to her songs, like, on headphones, it's like, is this the Muppets right now? I don't think Kermit has those hips. Oh, my hips don't lie. <laughs> like, it's not bad. <laughs> she that's what she sounds like. <laughs> but back to the actual game. Any other things that surprised you about it? Uh, Jalen Hurts. Um, Only quarterback ever. 300 yards, first of all. I don't think he's – he hasn't done – he didn't do that a whole lot throughout the season. Uh, they heavily relied on rushing as a whole. And they did in the Super Bowl, too but they just weren't very successful. But they called on him, and he performed at an elite level in passing. Um, Jalen Hurts is also the only NFL player in Super Bowl history to throw one touchdown and rush for two or more. He ended up rushing for three, um, which is – that's crazy. Absurd. Uh, Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey both played great. That's expected. And their their bro moment at the end, it's got to be like the most confusing thing ever, right? You want to be you want to be happy for your brother, but you're also heartbroken. I think you got to take a day first to be heartbroken, and then you can you can shoot your brother a text the next day. But like, and I know you know there's a lot of people that say, and they talked about this in their podcast. They said. 
there's a lot of people that say they would love to compete against their sibling on a national stage like that. But it is the most heartbreaking slash heartwarming, like the most confusing. Like if, if you're Kelsey, how much do you even want to celebrate on the field in front of your brother knowing he just lost the Super Bowl? And, I would, I would feel like, guilty. I'd feel like bad. Even, even their mom. Yeah. It's like. How do you choose that? You're like, oh, you know, Travis, great, good job. And then it's like, oh, come here, Jason. Like, give me a hug. Like, it's so confusing for the entire family. I know that's why I think when Peyton left Indy, he said he didn't want to go to the NFC because he didn't want to play Eli. Right. Same thing there. Like, that's really conflicting. But now Travis has two and Jason has zero. Correct? Did he get the uh, one? No, Jason has one. Is he on that team? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that eases the pain a little bit. A little bit. You know. There's always next year. It is. Which I think is very interesting because the Eagles are going to lose a lot of pieces. They can't pay everybody. They they have a lot of people to pay, but they have a lot of draft capital. So they could probably get away with the cut. As long as they keep key pieces. They got to re-sign Hargrave. That's very important. Yeah. Um, They can draft a good bit of people, though. And they've been pretty great at drafting. Oh, 100%. So really no worries there to replace some of those pieces? For sure. And maybe they take team-friendly deals so they're not super cap hits. Fortunately, they don't really have a whole lot of skill positions to sign. Yeah, I think all those guys are returning. So that saves a lot of money. Um, They might go ahead and ink an extension with Hertz. From what I've heard, that could be on the docket for them. Which makes sense. But um, Devontae's still locked up. A.J. Brown's locked up. We both played great. Uh, really, Sanders, Scott, or Gainwell are all very cheap, too. Um, I don't think any of them think they're worth $20 million a year. And I don't think any of them would really ask. And even then, with that line in that system, you can plug you know, me and you back there. Or Tony we're Pollard. Numbers up. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. That'd be so heartbreaking. Uh, could you imagine? No. And like he he plays like they do a four back system, and then but when they play the Cowboys, he gets all the touches. That thirty five carries, thirty five carries, two hundred and fifty yards, six touchdowns each game. Well, Zeke goes ten carries, thirteen yards, two fumbles, give or take. Yeah. Yeah, don't put that magic on me, Ricky Bobby. I don't want to see that. Um, Chiefs back again next year? Probably. Um, I don't. They're not losing anything. Uh, Juju's on a one-year. That's not really. He wasn't. I mean, he had. He was just shy of a thousand yards, three touchdowns. You can really plug anybody there, and they played the exact same most likely um Kadarius Tony is still there Sky Moore is still there obviously uh MVS is still there who has showed up big in the playoffs and as long as you got Kelsey it's really all you need uh, yeah I still find it funny how the other three teams in that division spent so much money a lot of people predicted the Chiefs to come in third or fourth in that division. Because they thought Tyreek was more important than he actually was. We really doubted Andy Reid's uh, play calling and scheming. You could say we wrote him off. 
We could. We could say that. Speaking of guys that got wrote off, about some award recaps. Uh, we're due. Uh, I know I got the defensive rookie of the year correct. Yeah, good for the Jets to have both defensive and offensive rookie. Offensive Only the third time that's ever happened. Kind of shocked me. Yeah, me too. Garrett, like, don't get me wrong, not a knock to Garrett Wilson, right? He played great. But I feel like there was – you could make a case for Kenny Pickett. You could have made a case for Olave. You could have made a case for Kenny Walker. Kenny Walker got more first-place votes than Wilson. But the second and third place kind of propelled him forward. Right. Let's not forget Brees Hall. Brees Another Hall. Another jet, if he was still healthy. Um, was Damian Pierce also a rookie? Yeah. Yeah, good season. I think but being, being on a bad team yeah, kind of dampened that. Uh, you got the Offensive Player of the Year correct with Justin Jefferson. And then we both missed out on the um, DPOY, unfortunately. Micah Parsons not getting a single first-place vote. Honestly, I don't hate it. I don't either, but not a single one. Should have got a couple probably, but Bosa came on so strong late. Parsons kind of fell off in the box score. Yeah. I still think there's a lot of things he does that you can't really account for. Correct. But Bosa was just so much better towards the the end of the year. Uh, We got Brian Dayball winning coach of the year again. Did that shock you? No. It it was a toss-up between any of those guys. Sirianni, Campbell, Dayball. Shanahan. Shanahan. Anyone. I don't think any of them are upset. Now, every vote that each of, each of those guys got was very well deserved. This is probably the best coach of the year race I can remember in quite a long time. That is a fact. And then, of course, MVP was Patrick the obvious Holmes. one, which neither of us went with. Still think you could make a uh, case for Josh Allen. Calm down there, Colin. I do. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, Mahomes having like a 1,000 more yards and like 37 more touchdowns than everyone else kind of put a damper in that. That goes a long way. Uh, Joe Burrow didn't get a single first-place vote. A little shocking. Um, yes and no. Uh, I think Allen and Hurts were the only two people that got a first-place vote other than <clears throat> Mahomes. Uh, kind of makes sense. Um, but comparing the problem is Joe Burrow and Mahomes are the same style. They don't run a lot. So you're pretty much comparing Mahomes to Burrow in that race where you're also with, when it comes to Josh Allen and Jalen hurts, you have to add in the rushing so that's why they probably got a vote each and Joe Burrow didn't because Mahomes was just such a superior passer. Although Burrow had the best completion percentage of all time, it's still like, you know, this guy had a thousand more yards and 20 more touchdowns than you. So it's like, yeah, you completed, say, 7% more passes, but just the vast difference in the statistics there. You can't really argue it, but comeback player of the year, Geno Smith. Anybody surprised? Yes and no, only because, like, was it really a comeback? I feel like if they had a most improved, he'd have had that instead. Uh, They're kind of one and the same. Um, Comeback, I mean, I guess you could have 
Saquon is probably or Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. We're probably in the conversation. I didn't look at the vote breakdown of those. But um you don't need to pull that up, Shane. CMC was second. Yeah. That's what I figured. And probably Saquon third. So yeah, great for Gino. Love to see it. Just I guess semantically, was it really a comeback? Curious to see where that goes for the future. As far as Gino's concerned? Yeah. Um only one way to go. That's MVP. Exactly. Probably get some good odds good odds on it right now. Uh, we have the new Jim Brown Award that goes to the rushing leader every year now. Why we haven't had that before? Like a running back exclusive like a, award? Like, like an actual name for it? Yeah. Because we know like, oh, this guy led the league in rushing. But it's never like, that's it. That's Oh, this guy just, he did it. That'll be a great trivia question. The first ever winner of the Jim Brown Award. Best running back of all time, Josh Jacobs. Where does he go? The only Jim Brown Award winner in the league's history. You can definitely hang your hat on that. Now we have the Hall of Fame inductions as well. Which I've got, we called Darrell Revis, his first ballot. Yep. Uh, 29 picks, 139 career passes defended. All-decade team in 2010 to 2020. And, you know, arguably the best lockdown corner of all time. Uh, definitely. Especially the talent he locked down. Everybody. You locked down prime Randy Moss, that speaks for itself. Your boy Joe Thomas, first ballot. Arguably one of the best tackles of all time. 167 straight games, six-time first-team All-Pro, and one of only five players to make a Pro Bowl in their first ten seasons. Yeah. Good resume. Great resume. My boy DeMarcus Ware. His Legend. second year on the ballot. Ninth most sacks of all time and the Cowboys franchise leader. Got that ring with Denver where he sacked Cam Newton twice. Are you shocked he wasn't a first ballot? He should have been. I think he definitely should have been. But they're, they kind of flip-flop with who they put in first to make him wait a year. And then the 2000s All-Decade team, nine Pro Bowls and four first-team All-Pros. In his 10th year, Zach Thomas finally gets in. Should have been in a long, long time ago. Um, 168 starts in 12 years, fifth most tackles of all time, 20 career sacks and 17 picks. And then Rondé Barber, again, probably should have been in three, four years ago. 16 seasons all with Tampa, only player ever with 40 picks and 25 sacks, then won the Super Bowl in 02, and of course made the all-decade team. Um, do you think just because of the skill players that were inducted in the last couple of years, that's why these guys got gypped? It's possible. Because we're talking yeah. like, um, <clears throat> you know, you had Moss, Calvin Johnson. Some all-time greats. Um, uh, I want to say like Terrell Owens. Yeah. A um, couple other guys that I can't think of off the top. A couple quarterbacks, right? Any quarterbacks lately? Peyton, not yet. I think he's uh, next year. I don't think so, no. No, then a couple, wait. Uh, I think. Did Pey- when did he retire? It was like 2016 or 2017, right? 2017. So I think he was last year, yeah, because I remember seeing his bust, and the forehead on that thing is probably larger than the one in person. Legendary. Then a few veterans got in. Um, Coach Don Coriel, a uh, huge innovator in terms of the vertical passing game that we have right now. And then Cowboy great Chuck Howley. 
who was the only man to win Super Bowl MVP and a loss played back in the 50s and 60s. So great class and maybe a better one coming next year with the guys that are now eligible. Um, we went over those, right? Uh, I believe last week. Briefly. Yeah. yeah. We'll do predictions come next year. Yeah, closer to uh, this time next year. Oh, yeah. Um, do we want to go with some uh, some XFL picks coming up this week? Oh, they do kick off this week, right? Saturday, uh, I think Saturday Let's and Sunday pull up both. a list of the teams, Shane. We're both just going to pick a team right here. Yeah, there's really no... I haven't done any research. Star power? Me neither. I know Josh Gordon's on a team. And oh, the big quarterback from Memphis. I think he's a renegade. We're going Roughnecks all the way, though. Although Battlehawks are pretty cool, too. I was going to say the Roughnecks definitely might have the best name. But um, I'm going to have to go with the... You have to go with the Battlehawks. Strong. I almost went Defenders. It's too generic. But uh reminded me of the Commanders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so not a lot of creativity going on there. And that is the St. Louis Battlehawks and the... Shane's just going too fast. Houston Roughnecks. Oh, yeah. Um, wager? On... Just who has the better year? The usual two sticks? We'll, we'll throw them on there. Sign me up. Be a nice. We have something to watch still on Sundays. And we can do a little, like, almost like sleeper of the week, kind of, where we're recapping head to heads. They probably all qualify as sleepers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, we got a lot of NBA talk to go into. Absolutely. Shane, go ahead and pull open that tab. We had so, a bunch of trades, but yeah, first Chief, I want to talk away. about um, Zion re aggravating his hamstring injury he said to be sidelined for a month or so and is this the top of the trades here okay so we got the controversial trade actually this one uh the warriors bringing back gary payton in a trade but that was almost voided because the blazers have been making gary payton play with an injury giving him um cortisol shots yeah and they didn't disclose that to they Golden State. They did not State. disclose it, so he failed a physical right away. But the Warriors said, hey, we want him anyways. Exactly. Uh, they traded five second-round picks. And they weren't the only team to do that. There were 52 second-round picks traded throughout the league. That is insane. But five for Gary Payton the second. Um I guess second round picks is like trading a seventh round pick in the NBA what or are they NFL. Worth? But they, I mean, Kyrie was a second round pick. Like, look what at are the, they worth? There's great second round picks out there. Um, Kyrie wasn't, but there's a couple. When I was going through the old, um, old draft classes, I noticed a lot of guys in the second round that are great now. You can't get one of those five to be as good, as, if not better, than Gary Payton. You would think. Hey, I'm not an NBA exec, so what uh, the hell do I know? Peyton is only playing 17 minutes a game, and he's averaging 4-2-1, which is pretty solid in 17 minutes. Um, I think they traded, away, they traded away Wiseman with that. It was like a three- or four-team trade. 
but they successfully turned James Wiseman, which is what would have been LaMelo Ball, into Gary Payton II and luxury tax savings. So. Seems like a win-win. <laughs> now you're doing your grades as they go or at the end? Uh, I'll go ahead and give that one like a C. Pretty just average trade. Nothing really spectacular going to come out of that for either team. Uh, the Blazers probably have the best upside with having five more second-round picks. And I think Wiseman went to the Pistons. Yeah, I believe it's where he ended up. So I like that better for him because they do kind of need a big man. And, you know, Isaiah Stewart and the guys they have now that kind of aren't much of anyone. Uh, unfortunately, the Pistons got rid of Sadiq Bay, who has been killing it. Yeah, that was shocking. And he is now an Atlanta Hawk, which I like that a lot. And then the Blazers got Kevin Knox, which is a guy who I still think has potential. He just needs to see the floor. And he hasn't really been somewhere where he can. But, um, so that's it for that trade. Do you need a lighter? Yeah, you need. can we get a relight over there? <clears throat> Take a little sabbatical here because he's not scrolling anymore. Want to hit a pause here? Uh, yeah. Go for a little break. Probably in our best interest. We will be right back. And we are back uh, after a little lighting error we had. Uh, sometimes it's great to just touch up your cigar. Shane's been a busy man over there, so it doesn't shock me that his cigar went out. Working much harder than we are. And much harder than I expected. Oh, don't give him a low blow like that. Come on. No, no, no. Like, just he's pulling up everything. And it's kind of kind of throwing me off. I'm not used to it yet. But uh, it's a work in progress. It's only week one of yeah. this new little experiment. And uh, can you go ahead and go back to the rest of the trades now? Thank you, sir. Recall our week one? Uh, yeah. A little rough. A week early. <laughs> <laughs> I don't count that. That was a pre-week one. Uh, the Hornets got rid of Mason Plumley, and I feel like they kind of got more than they should have. Uh, they got Reggie Jackson, who's been great for the Clippers and a 2028 second round pick, uh, Mason Plumley. I don't know how he fits with the Clippers. They already have a Vika Zubak who has been playing good bench depth, I guess probably, uh, then I'm going to give that one also a C, uh, Go ahead and pull that. Yep. Go ahead. And, uh, this was a... I like this move a lot for the Lakers. Uh, they got Mo Bamba in exchange for Patrick Beverly, a future second-round pick, and cash, cash considerations. Um, Mo Bamba's a great interior defender. He has potential offensively, and having a big seven-footer that's pretty quick is pretty solid and... Patrick Beverly doesn't really add anything. Unfortunately, now I think they have like no draft picks for the foreseeable future. Um, and then we got the Pelicans getting Josh Richardson and the Spurs getting Devontae Graham and four second-round picks. I like it for the Pelicans. Uh, Devontae Graham, kind of that Danny Green-style player 
who Danny Green signed with the Cavaliers. Was it official? After his contract buyout with uh, whatever team he was on. I'm sure we'll see it in a second. But Devontae Graham, I'm going to give the Spurs the edge in that. I'm going to say the Spurs B+. Plus getting uh, Devontae Graham. And I'm going to give the Pelicans a B because Josh Richardson is still trying to prove himself. Um, but in a high-volume, high-offensive team, should be pretty solid. More opportunities as well. Way more opportunities. Um, what else do we got? Uh, the three-team deal that the Clippers, Grizzlies, and Rockets were involved in. Oh, that's it right there. The Rockets bought out Danny Green, and then he was signed by the Cavs. Clippers receive Eric Gordon and three second-round picks. Um, seems like a lot, but they got rid of John Wall and Luke Kennard. I don't really know what kind of value John Wall has. He hasn't really had a whole lot of volume lately. but And I believe they released him, right? I think they just bought him out, yeah. bought John Wall out and released him. But um, Eric Gordon, a good defender, good wing player, and three second-round picks. I'm going to give the Clippers an A here. Um, they didn't really lose much. Uh, Clip Luke Kennard plays more, but, again, he's just pretty one-dimensional. Uh, not the best defender, but a good shooter. And, again, John Wall was seeing virtually no volume. So Clippers A, Grizzlies C, Rockets C, because all they got out of it was the rights to the Bucks pick with the Clippers in the 2023. They already bought out and released the other two guys they traded for. So um, <clears throat> uh, that there's no really point really talking about that trade. It's the Hawks-Rockets trade. Frank the like Tank. Justin Holiday and Frank the Tank. Nothing really crazy there. Again, the Thunder dealing Baisley and getting Dario Saric and another pick. The the Thunder have like 30 picks over the next eight years now, so props to them. This one I was shocked about here. This is the Nuggets, Bones Highland, and for two second-round picks. I feel like they got kind of hosed on that. I feel like they definitely did. I'm going to give the Nuggets like a D. And the Clippers an A. Yeah, great pickup for the Clippers. They absolutely scammed them for sure. Um, <clears throat> this is another surprising one. The Blazers, Sixers, Hornets, where the Blazers get Matisse Thibel. Uh, the Sixers get Jalen McDaniel and two second-round picks. I feel like that's good enough for Matisse Thibel, but I feel like he was such a good asset to have on that team as a stellar defender that it's just kind of odd for them to get rid of that get rid of that seems like a key player you want and the hornets got svi mulekok <laughs> <laughs> and a, a second round pick uh not really a big impact there <laughs> <laughs> Svee, I'm, I'm sorry man I <laughs> yeah I butchered that but <laughs> I don't even know can't even begin to sound that out so I'm going to go with Mulecock. Uh overall I'll just give that trade a C nothing really happened um, 
The Lakers traded Thomas Bryant to the Nuggets like that for the Nuggets because they kind of need that secondary big man, and Thomas Bryant's been playing good. They got Davon Reed and three second-round picks out of that. Um, upgrade for the Lakers to get Bamba and get rid of Bryant? I think so. I think Bamba has more dimensions to his game than Thomas Bryant does. Uh, this is one of my favorite trades right here. Long overdue. With the Bucks getting Jay Crowder, the Nets get five second-round picks, and the Pacers get Jordan Nora, Serge Ibaka, and two second-round picks. Um, love Crowder at the Bucks. I'm going to give them an A+. He's like the ideal Bucks player. He is the perfect Bucks, pl- Bucks player. Nets receiving five second-round picks. Got to give that a B. And the Pacers getting Nora, Ibaka, and two second-round picks. I'm going to give that a B+. Um Good role players. Serge Ibaka can still mentor because they do have a lot of young guys. Um, Mike Muscala for Justin Jackson and two future second-round picks. Again, the Thunder just stacking up picks for days. Uh, Mike Muscala, pretty good three-point shooter as a 6'10 guy. Could fill a role at power forward that they don't have now. Uh, More spreading the floor for when... Tatum, Brown, and all them are on the floor together. So hopefully we can see good looks there. And then the last one, obviously the most groundbreaking one, well, I guess there's the Russell Westbrook trade too. Pull that up, Shane, the Russell Westbrook trade. Um, Most shocking that the Raptors actually didn't do anything, didn't sell? Yeah, other than uh, bringing back... Jakob Pertl. Jakob Pertl. Weird? Very weird. I'm, I've been hearing those. I've been selling guys. Go back for up to the top. The Suns trades up there. <clears throat> we'll just talk about this one real quick. Um, the Suns getting Kevin Durant, and TJ Warren is great for this year. Um, unfortunately, the the Suns had to trade away their entire future uh, and Mark, most of their bench. McCall Bridges, Cam Johnson, and <clears throat> uh, what is that? Five first round four first round no five first round picks and two seconds and two second round picks um a plus for the nets for rebuilding for sure um a plus for the suns to win this year and then this was a four-team trade that jay crowder was involved in and the other pacers also get george hill so i think that's the one they're keeping i think they've already traded the other two but props to them. Great trade overall. I don't think there's really a loser there. Overall biggest winners and biggest losers at the deadline. <clears throat> uh, and the Kyrie trade that we talked about last week. But biggest winners are the Nets, Suns, and Lakers. I think the Clippers got to be in there too. Future, yes. Um I think the Suns are in a better position now with the role players they have to be successful and be a playoff team this year where the um, – and I think the Lakers got potential to be at least a threat in the play-in. Uh, they're pretty far behind right now to say they're not going to be in the play-in. But um, – there we go. Going to relight real quick. 
And then even though the Bucks only got Crowder, that might be the single best move overall at the deadline. Um, adding on to a great team already with more role players is never a bad thing. So, yeah, the Bucks, biggest losers. Um, I don't really know if they're losers. They just kind of didn't really do anything. Like the Spurs, they made trades, but they didn't really do anything. The Hawks made a trade, but they didn't really do anything. I mean, yeah, Sadiq Bay is a good piece, but is he going to catapult them to being a legit contender? Not this year. The Raptors, Jakob Pertl's not bad, but again, they didn't do anything. So there's a lot of just some of their future there. Yeah, there's there's a lot of just kind of just pointless trades, I guess. Unless you like second round picks. Yeah, a lot of second round picks getting tossed around and stuff. But again, it's hard to say if you're a winner because you got 30 second round picks. One of them's bound to be good, but especially spread out over the next like six years. You know, I think the Thunder are in the winners category. With having, again, adding, what, seven or eight more draft picks? But um, <clears throat> other than that, we got All-Star Weekend. Pretty excited for that, actually. Mostly the skills competitions. The All-Star game itself doesn't really matter to me as much. But I think I'm most stoked for the three-point contest. A lot of big names in that. Yeah, we got uh, <clears throat> Tyrese Halliburton. Interesting. He's not really the greatest three-point shooter. Uh, Tyler Hero, who I believe was in it last year, uh, always performs well. Buddy Heald always performs well. Kevin Herter, kind of my favorite. Sneaky. Uh, Dame, obviously going to be lights out. Lowry Markinen, probably going to be lights out. Afrony Simons, I could see making a push. And Jason Tatum. Just depends on how he feels. Halliburton's actually just passing to Buddy Heald. He's not shooting. <laughs> Racking up some more assists. Uh, predicted winner there. I like Herter. Yeah, their odds are all pretty similar. Um, I think Dame's a slight favorite right now. But any of those guys could easily win that. Dunk contest, not as excited for. Uh, I think you need to watch these guys. These are some uber-athletic freaks. Not saying they won't perform, but you like to see those big names in there, right? Yeah, but you never really do. Uh, Zach Levine was kind of the biggest that we've seen in a while. Um, but these guys, this might be one of the better dunk contests we've seen lately. Mac McClung can jump like... probably They can all jump out of the stadium, no doubt in my mind. Uh, I was just watching some Jericho Sims highlights and he's a taller guy. I think he's like 6'9", 6'10", and he can touch the top of the backboard. Might come in handy. So, and yeah, he they, he was warming up and hit his head on the rim on accident during a dunk. It's pretty solid. So we should see some pretty spectacular dunks. And then skills contest? Kind of underrated. You got three teams here. You got the Rooks, who I actually like to win. My favorite for sure. Paolo Bancaro, Jaden Ivey, and Jabari Smith Jr. Um, solid team for everything they have to do. Uh, the passing, the making the shots. Half-court shots is always iffy. 
can never really judge who's a good half-court shot shooter. Um, then you got the Jazz, Jordan Clarkson, Walker Kessler, and Colin Sexton, another good team. Uh, the Antetokounmpo's kind of great, like, top, names. Top heavy. Love Giannis, but <clears> – <throat> and I know – I think last year they did – I know – a couple years ago, Kostas was in it, and yeah. he was kind of the downfall. And now they have the youngest brother, Alex, who is in the Wisconsin Herd G League for the Bucks. Didn't know he existed, to be and, honest. And <clears throat> yeah, he um, came from Greece. Obviously, he finished high school oh, really? out there. And yeah, I don't know how long he's been in the G League though, but he's smaller, six nine. I know the other two are six eleven, but um. He could be the shining star in that on that team. Breakout. That's all on Saturday, right? Uh, I think it's all weekend. The All Star Game actually or, on Sunday. No, I think um, the skills competition, the three point contest, and the dunk contest are all Saturday. Friday night is the Celebrity All Star Game, which is actually kind of got a good roster. I forgot about that. Uh, Shane, will you pull up the Celebrity All Star Game roster? Is Sandman going to be out there? He's a known baller. Uh, I don't know, but I know I saw DK Metcalf. <clears throat> Could be a little scary. Um, let's see here. We're going to get the roster here. Probably Kevin Hart, right? right He's always out right. there. All right, here we go. Calvin Johnson, The Miz, Albert Pujols. Um, I don't really know a lot of those people. Why is Pujols out there? D. Wade. Okay, that shouldn't count. Uh, He's a coach, right? Come on. 21 Savage, DK Metcalf. Uh, Hassan Minaj is actually a hilarious uh, comedian. Shang-Chi. Simu Liu. Yeah. Sneaky. Janelle Monet, Big fan yeah. of hers. Um, WNBA All-Star, Arike Agunbale. Bawale? Bawale? Uh, legit baller. Yeah, big time. Maybe the best player out uh, there. Team D. Wade, loaded. Stacked up, for sure. Um, but... The uh, team Ryan Smith has Diamond to Shields, also a baller, and Guillermo from Jimmy Kimmel's Tonight Show. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Kane Brown, uh, some call him a country music artist. <laughs> he's in the conversation, you know. He's uh, out there. I, a new country is just kind of like pop, but that's a yeah. whole different conversation. I'll hold my tongue. That could be a whole show by itself. A lot of great new country out there, but you got to look for it. Yeah, you got to find it for sure. Few and far between. But um, yeah, should be interesting. I always like watching the celebrity all star game. Um, NBA with the best all star weekend across the main sports. Uh, MLB is pretty good. The actual game is and, the derby and the home run derby. But yeah, other than that, it's kind of that's it. That's all they have, right? Yeah. For now, at, so, at least. Yeah. Definitely, they just have so much stuff. Yeah. And there's so many different people involved. Like, that's kind of the difference between the Pro Bowl is it's just Pro Bowlers. With this, and then you have the rookie, like the, um, uh, what what is it called? The, like, Rising Stars. Or, yeah, Rising yeah, Stars. the Rising thing. Stars, which is always fun. NFL's getting better. It is, but they just don't have enough people involved. Is my thing not like, in the Pro Bowl? 
Like right. a skills or contest. Just those the, are pretty fun. Yeah, but then it's just still just pro bowlers. Uh, so there's actually oh yeah they do they do the uh, rising stars differently now. They have four teams and they do like a tournament style. So you got team. Wow, what a, it's loaded. There's a lot of guys out. Great here. coaches too. Uh, Joakim Noah, Pau Gasol, uh, Deron Williams, and Jason Kidd. Whose team? Uh, Jason? Jason Terry. Jason Terry, Jason Terry, even better. The Jet. Uh, so we got Team Pau Gasol. We got Paolo Bancaro, Benedict Mathurin, Jaden Ivey, Scotty Barnes, Jose Alvarado, Keegan Murray, and Andrew Newberd. Uh It's going to be hard to beat that. Uh, team Darren Williams is Franz Wagner, Jalen Green, uh, Alperin Sinjin. Oh, yeah, he's a good shooter. Uh, Trey Murphy the third dunk contest legend, soon to be. A.J. Griffin, Bones Highland, and Walker Kessler. Again, another good team. Uh, my favorite team, however, is Team Joachim Noah. We've got Evan Mobley, Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams, Jeremy Sachan, Quentin Grimes, Jabari Smith Jr., and Jalen Duran. Uh, again, great lineup. Kind of the uh, – so we got the G League team. And that's Jason Terry's team, which is kind of underrated, really. City Kosoko, uh, Scoot Henderson, Majavi King, Kenny Lofton, Mac McClung, Leonard Miller, and Scotty Pippen Jr. It's a guy whose name has been in the news a little bit. Uh, yeah, rumor has it um, Malik Beasley gets around. Uh, around with who? Uh, Scotty Pippen Jr.'s mother. So we have another Delonte West situation in L.A. on LeBron's team. On the best place to have a situation like that. So, yeah, I guess uh, Malik Beasley banged Scottie Pippen Jr.'s mom. Allegedly. Allegedly. Now, one name that is missing from these teams, Svee Mutilcock. <laughs> <laughs> Where's he at, bro? Let's get him in the All-Star game. Uh, I think he's a little old. He's still rising, though. I was thinking Shade on Sharp. Missing from there? An omission for sure. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's because he's plus 200,000 to win rookie of the year. Maybe. Good factor in. Possible. Uh, and that's about all I got for NBA. How'd your team of the week do? Oh, I forgot. Your final one before the All-Star break. I forgot about that completely. My Cavs went 4-1. and one. Lost tonight to the Sixers, unfortunately. But before that, beat the Pistons, the Pelicans, the Bulls, and the Spurs. Ending off the first half of the year on a pretty solid note. Meanwhile, I think you had... I had the Knicks. I'm pulling up their record right now. Wow, I completely forgot about that when we were... When we when we outlined... Well, we just, had a hell of an outline. Yeah, we outlined. You just said, I'll just throw uh, throw NBA to you. So, I, yeah, I completely forgot. So, the Knicks beat the Magic, 102-98. to And then they beat the... Then they played... I forgot their games are super far between... They lost to the 76ers, so 1-1 one one so far. Then they beat the Jazz. Shocking. Um, so 2-1. and one. And I know Jalen Brunson had a 40-point game. I think that was against the Nets, which they beat. Yeah, Jalen Brunson's 40-point game. So 3-1. and one. A pair of good weeks from us. 
pretty solid. Way to end the year, or end of the first half of the year on, on a good note. Now, Saturday night was just as good, if not better, than Sunday night with UFC 284. Man. Again, matching the hype and exceeding it, dare I say. Good card overall, but the co-main and main event really shined. How did you score the Islam Volk fight live? Um, so I gave Islam the second round. I gave him one, two, and then four. Yeah. And I think that's what the official judging was. Correct. But I don't want to say that he absolutely 100% won round two. Like, it was very close, and I could have seen that being called either way. Yeah, that was the deciding factor, because Volk definitely had five and three. And then Islam for sure had one and four. So two is a toss-up. I like it. I wouldn't have hated a draw, honestly. But these guys will probably be rematching very soon. Uh, props to Islam for the dub, but Volk is an absolute dog, dude. <coughs> There's a reason why he's still the number one pound-for-pound fighter. I don't know how much it actually matters, but he, he definitely earned He's it. like the only person ever to withstand Dagestani wrestling. Did a great job of it. And he was not really wore out. No, his cardio is insane. And props to Islam because his striking was phenomenal. He just keeps getting better at that. And so is his chin. He oh, got yeah. wobbled yeah. a couple times. And so did Volk. So, yeah, just a way better fight than I imagined. Full 25 minutes of... There wasn't really any any lull in any round. No. It was constant and, uh, action. You could make a case that there was a couple, but they displayed every act of MMA. And... The wrestling was great. The grappling was great. The striking was great. There was not a... Obviously, there was no submission attempts, but ground game was great. Stand-up grappling was phenomenal. Cardio, phenomenal. Cardio was great. Striking was great across the board. Maybe the single best technical fight I've ever seen. Definitely going to be a... It's going to be hard to beat that for fight of the year. Early on, but yeah, I don't see anything else taking that down. Unless maybe John Jones and... Pseudo gone. Also matched the hype. I hope so. So what now for Volk? Because you had um, Yair win the interim belt in a great, another great fight. He looked fantastic. He did. So if Volk wants to go back to 145 and fight Yair, if he wants to stay at 155 and try to work his way up there, the man's got options. He does, but it just depends. I mean, I don't really... He doesn't have anything else to prove in featherweight. Um, I mean, obviously, he's got to go fight for the undisputed championship since they have the interim right now. And I think he definitely takes that fight. Most like, likely. I love Yair, but I just don't see anybody at that class competing with Volk. No. I mean, anything could happen, though. We said the same thing about Usman. And he dominated that fight. Exactly. Got caught All late. you got to do is get you caught know? once. Also... Maybe the best crowd I've seen ever. The Australian crowd is phenomenal. There were points where you couldn't hear the commentary team. No. And I, and I loved lo- it. I loved after Volk lost, they were all booing, and he just shushed them. He's like, hey, guys, give this guy a round of applause. So great team sports there. Even though their guy lost, just great atmosphere. I mean, after a fight like that, you have to have an insane amount of respect for each other. Oh, 100%. And Volkan is, a, they're both stand-up guys. 
you know. Absolutely. And they were both stand-up guys in the... In the fight? In the, in the fight or, and in the post-fight interviews. Afterwards, yeah. I mean, they both pretty much came to the conclusion that round two could have went to either. They didn't hate the decision that, yeah, Islam said, I thought I round one, won round two, and Volk said he thought he won round two, but he completely understood it. And they both said, you know, we're just going to get better. Uh, Islam said he's got stuff to work on, and he does. Folk said the same thing. Which makes no sense. Probably the two best fighters on the planet. Still think, trying to I improve. I think they're one and two in pound for pound. So. Yeah, maybe come like September, October, they run that back. I would love to see that again. Volk said he wants to fight four times this year. And he can. Again, look at his cardio. He probably could have fought again for another 25 minutes. I would have loved that. And I think the longer that fight would have gone, he would have taken it. And I think if you had gone by, instead of a round-by-round round scoring, you judge the whole fight together, Volk probably he wins, probably yeah. took it. But based on the rule set we have, it's the way it went. And again, yeah. both guys and myself are totally cool with that. I was shocked that Islam survived that ground and pound. Again, look at his chin. I know. He was tough as nails. But that is like Volk's bread and butter. There was a time, too, when Islam took him down and had his back, but Volk was doing more with that, throwing, like, back fists behind yeah. him for, like, three minutes straight. Now, those probably weren't landing super hard, but it looked like it did a lot of damage. Yeah. And, yeah, Volk did his fair sh- or Islam did his damage, too. He had two different gashes on Volk's head. He had one right above, I think, the left eye, like right in the corner, and then the other one was above the right eyebrow. Also, it, it kind of shuts down any questions about Islam taking a step back not having Khabib in his corner because that was his best performance yet. Uh, 100%. It was the most diverse performance he's had. For sure. And again, only going to keep getting better. God, what a scary thought. <clears throat> I think we're due for some cigar touch-ups. I'd uh, say so. want to hit a pause here real quick, regroup. Give some notes. Absolutely. I'm about a little over halfway through. You're done here. And I think Shane is about finished up. Yep. So we're going to take a quick break and come right back at you with some cigar notes. Love it. Welcome back, everybody. Had a short little break. Austin had to take a whiz. Haven't heard that in a while, have you? No. No. Like maybe from Drew. Nickelodeon or something like that. It's pretty 2005. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> We're going to touch on our cigar notes here. I had the again the Adventura King's Gold um, was pretty peppery uh, throughout. Nice spice on the back of the throat there. Um, was had a couple hints of dark chocolate, uh, some leather, a lot of natural tobacco in there. But uh, overall, pretty solid cigar. Another thing that we're going to be adding is uh, me and Austin here and Shane eventually. We're getting actual journals, and we're going to come up with a grading system. Probably use one that's already in place. But a lot of like Cigar Aficionado, International, all those kinds of places, they do uh, zero out of 100, and they grade each thing that goes into the cigar, like the wrap, the binder, the filler, the flavor, the presentation. The draw, the burn. The draw, the burn, all that kind of stuff. But uh, so hopefully... Soon we'll have that developed. But uh, now, Austin, to you. Yeah, I've been trying to jot some notes down as we go on. A few touch-ups throughout just because, again, sometimes it's tough talking while smoking like that. But overall, solid burn, good draw. 
Um, dark chocolate still prevalent with some leather, some oak, a little bit of creaminess, and that mesquite smoke still at the forefront, kind of. Um, as it burns down more towards the end, a little more vanilla, hint of citrus. So again, pretty complex. I'll definitely smoke another one. Ideally, one day with some actually pappy to sip on to pair with it. But for now, the Jameson did a pretty good job in the um, you know the contrast between the two. So overall, top of my head, 85 overall, give or take. But yeah, I definitely want to get a full breakdown going forward, judging each, each aspect. All right. Now, yeah. producer. <laughs> All right, I guess I'm going to touch on uh, on my cigar and my whiskey. Um, you know, I don't smoke a lot, like I said earlier, but this was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, the entire time I'm smoking, it has great smoke production, which I love. I mean, when you're smoking a cigar, you love to look at the cloud. That's like the best part. Um, but I, I don't get a whole lot of taste out of my cigars usually. So I'd say probably for the first third of it, it was normal, you know, tobacco. But as I started to get down, I got some coffee notes. And I mean, I was loving it, man. I was telling you guys during the break. I mean, just the fact that I'm tasting anything right now is phenomenal. I love it. And the Jameson, I mean, on top of the cigar, perfect matchup. You couldn't have done better. Um, altogether, I'd say it's probably a solid 9 out of 10 for me. And, and it's like 6 bucks. Yeah. You're getting great value for that. Absolutely. I know um, during your interview, I forget, I forget his name. I'm sorry, but... During your interview with the guy that put you onto these, um, or no, is that a different interview? Yeah, you're thinking of the El Pirio. Oh, my bad. But but we are going to interview Greg okay. here in the next month or two, I think. Okay. But this this house blend, I mean, it's great for six dollars. I couldn't imagine a better smoke. I mean, first time I smoked a cigar, this is kind of funny. It was a it was a gas station cigar, man. So, you know, I'm all I'm tasting out of that is straight up big cigarette, and. Uh, <laughs> The, the switch over to this is nice. I love it. But I'm going to pass the, the mic back to Cam. All righty. Austin, take us away with some MLB. couple quick things here. First of all, super stoked for the rule changes coming up. Of course, we have the pitch clock, the ban of the shift, and now position players cannot pitch unless it's extra innings, which I think is a great thing. Or a blowout. Or blowout, which do they have a number on that? Uh, probably 10 runs. Probably. But overall, should be a lot more action this year. Um, pitchers and catches reported today for those that are playing in the World Baseball Classic. That starts in two weeks. Should be a lot of great competition there. Yeah, we can do a roster. All oh, those teams are stacked. Check, like the Dominican uh, team, the Cuban year, team. Yeah. Since uh, football is dwindling away. Unless we go than, uh, 45 on XFL. Other than F's, uh, offseason stuff. We will um, be covering more off-the-wall stuff like the World Baseball Classic. Which is incredible quality of baseball. Especially playing for your own country. These guys go all out. And it's the best of and the, the best. And the talent there is just insane. Reminds me of like the FIBA uh, Basketball World Cup. Almost like the Olympics because they don't really have right. baseball in the Olympics. So should be great to watch. Other than that, a few notable extensions. One of which, your Blue Jays boy. up. Uh, Bo Bichette, three years, thirty-six million. That's or thirty-three point six. Team friendly. Very team friendly, and again, you got to keep that flow on the team. Be an existential loss to have him gone. Yeah, just the hair. Then you got you Darvish getting a six-year deal, 
for 108 mil with the Padres. Kind of shocking. He's already 35, but pitching well, and he's adapting to the age, the loss of velocity. He's got a, like 15 different pitches, and it's his third career six-year deal. So he's raking in that cash. Yeah, consistency. Other than that, I know the uh, Dodgers got Alex Reyes. Could make a part. I mean, Solid Dodgers. Anybody up. they sign contributes overall. Uh, my Red Legs got Chad Pender. Heyo. Which means we're going to the World Series, baby. Pete Rose already put the bet in. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a utility guy, which is fun, but not a great bat. So I don't expect a whole lot there. Other than that, the Astros locked up their young pitcher Christian Javier on again a pretty team friendly five year, sixty four million dollar deal, which goes a pretty long way. Yeah. Even losing JV, the rotation there's still among the best in baseball. Speaking of Pete Rose, I saw an interview he did with Colin Coward recently. This is like one of the things Colin Coward does good is interviews. And they were talking about Sandy Koufax. And Colin said, you know, out of all the players, that was one guy he didn't get to see play. And Pete, I asked him how it was like hitting off of Sandy at, to Pete Rose. And he's, Pete Rose said, he hit 175 off of him. Like, oh, knew this off the top of his head. He had the exact number of hits to at-bats, everything. And I'm sure he probably knew that because of some, some parlays he had going well, on. Well, that and baseball players' memories are insane. But <clears throat> he said, it's ideal to hit at least your body weight. And he did not do that because he was nowhere near 176 pounds. <laughs> but he said uh, he did an example of his curveball. And he said, tell me how you're going to hit this. He grabbed like a melon that they had in, in the studio. And he said, your fastball right down the middle, 100 mile an hour any given day. And then here's your curveball. He just held the melon and then just dropped it straight to the ground. He said, hit that. Yeah, Koufax was Kershaw before Kershaw. Three straight Cy Youngs. Shorter career, but one of the best to ever do it. Especially, you know, holding Pete Rose to a buck 75. Yeah. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. Before I forget, we got to retouch on a debate we had last week that Pops brought up. He wants a top five playlist of the first songs you're going to play on that first day of spring. Whoa. That's what I said. Top five songs. Top five songs. He said, I want to drive to work in my 25 minutes and have five absolute bangers come up wow on that play what's your what's your dad's taste well uh, mostly classic rock okay so he's going like boston kind Eagles. of uh kind of fits our yeah exactly demo. that that prototype summertime kind of song yeah okay a lot I, of research there we can come up with that. a lot of options now that'll bring us to our usual segments to close up shop here i believe want to go uh, uh we have college hoops oh man what a update on a, the best story of the year so far at least uh, the most entertaining. Yeah, refer back to our shooting at the Rio Grande episode. Do you want to give a quick recap on the initial incident? Uh, so that would be Mike Peak, a New Mexico State basketball player, being lured to a meetup with a girl on campus at New Mexico University. Yep. Um, and that resulted in him getting confronted by three men with baseball bats and him being packed ready to go and taking the life of one of those three men and then all of the hullabaloo added on like that uh with the assistant coach and the coaches not working well with law enforcement 
hiding the gun, uh, the tablet. The coach not having those guys come in from curfew, even though we saw them leave. He knew they left. Um, very weird thing. Nobody's been charged in that either. Which I do find to be kind of odd. They have it on video, and yes, it was self-defense, but at least an obstruction of justice charge for the coaching. Something. So we got an update this week. Sort of. Uh, New Mexico State canceled the rest of their season and fired the head coach. Due to? Um, some more unrest. Another incident in the locker room this time. So there's been allegations of hazing within the program. Um, this is the head coach's first year at State. Correct. Took over a great team. They were one of the perennial like mid-major 12 yeah. seeds that always win a game or two in the tourney. And they've been horrible this year, mostly due to lack of control from the head coach. Yeah. So the actual details of this, um, the unnamed player told police in the most recent incident on the 6th of this month, three players had him held down in the men's locker room, removed his clothing, and struck his buttocks. And grabbed his scrotum. Correct. So according to the notes here, the player said he had no choice but to let it happen because it's a three-on-one situation. Correct. And he told police he did not want to press charges, although the incident does list harassment, criminal sexual contact, and false imprisonment as possible charges. <laughs> uh, triple whammy on that. So some, if not all, the coaching staff are placed on leave, but the head coach has been fired. They also said that this is like this is just the reported incident. He said that it's happened multiple occasions at home and away games. And maybe to more players than just him. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious to know if it's the same assailants. Or if it's a team-wide kind of hazing thing. Either way though, the, the culture there has been horrible. I mean, how do you And they've been in the spotlight since that shooting incident. Oh, of course. So, again, no charges filed yet for either incident, but we'll keep you guys posted on that as more news potentially comes out. Not a good look, though, for Coach Hire. Probably never getting a job again. I would agree with that. Not as a head coach, at least. Um, he's, his contract, which paid three hundred k in base salary, lists 15 events that could result in termination, many of which reference violations of NCA or university rules. And he... Probably failed 10. Uh, I'll take the over on that. At least. Yeah, I don't imagine how you can run a, a team into the ground that quickly. Maybe he failed 16. Again, this is the ones that we know of. Yeah, I, that is... It wouldn't shock me if more allegations and stories start to come out now that they've been in these spotlights since, what, November? I mean, they're canceling their season. Teams don't just do that. No. Even after allegations and, there's and gonna things be a, like that. There's going to be a lot more that comes out. Without a doubt. So sad to see for that program. But again, they were, they've been good, great team, and unfortunately not the best culture. Yeah, they've won their conference like eight of the past ten years. Been winning you know, 20, 25 games a season. Yeah, and again, making runs in the tourney. They're like, what, 9-12 and 12 or 9-15 and 15 or something this year? Yeah, so of course that's carried over to their on-court performance and their in locker room behavior and in other locker room behaviors <laughs> god and yeah and campus behavior overall fail on the coach's part and the player's part too i mean at this point you guys are you know, maybe not grown men but you're old enough uh, to know you're better probably you know? near 20 yeah but um yeah 
sad to see stuff like that actually still happening. It's 2023. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I know there's got to be at every college some sort of like introductory like this makes you part of the team. Like, yeah, but nothing to that extent. You know how they have like frat houses where guys have to post on TikTok wearing like bikinis or something. Like yeah, like stuff like that, I'm sure, which is I mean technically hazing but nobody's getting hurt. Yeah, it's harmless for the most part. So, yeah, the fact that there's still that kind of hazing, I guess, is kind of what I'm alluding to is just absurd. Criminal hazing, I guess you could say. Yeah, like, exactly. By definition of the law. Like again, if say go even as low as like oh you uh we make all the freshmen sprint across the locker room butt naked and then they just go put their clothes on there's a guy waiting with their clothes at the other end you just gotta run like or even like run 15 suicides after practice right something i'm sure they do that every college does but the fact that it's this bad it's just ridiculous. Not to mention just super embarrassing. Yeah. and like, like Hopefully it, this guy stays anonymous because I wouldn't want that coming out. No. The, the problem is, though, the team knows who it is. Oh, yeah. So, like, you have to transfer now at the bare minimum. If the program even still exists. Yeah. I don't know how you would transfer out of a program that's not. Is that possible? Maybe not a transfer. You just go somewhere new. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that probably eliminates the transfer portal. Immediate eligibility, yeah. I would assume. I would hope. Yeah, I don't know. That's It's interesting for us to cover, but it's so pathetic. Yeah, we that, shouldn't have to cover this. Yeah, it should not be a thing. Like, again, we know hazing happens at every school, right? Nobody's innocent of that. But keep it at a level that's not criminal. Just, again... There's a lot of stuff that you can do and make freshmen do or make, you know, transferred guys do that they're going to look back on and laugh about. And that builds culture. Correct. Like, hey, you know, run those 15 suicides. Pull their plunge. Right. Stuff like that. Just normal, normal stuff to say, hey, this is what we do. We all did it. Like, I can guarantee you not a single other player at New Mexico State has had that happen. Well, on that note, how about a little more fun segment, or three or four? Give me one. Uh, let's do our stick pick. Stick pick. Uh, do you want to pass me the bucket and you draw this time? Uh, I think we should switch it up, yeah. And do you remember what we drew last week? It was the Monte Cristo by A.J. Fernandez. And again, you guys know our email, sportsandstogies at gmail.com. If you pick up these cigars, send us a review. Tell us what you think. We want to know your guys' input. Or any cigar. Or comment on our Facebook or Instagram. Tell us what you guys are smoking. Might give us an idea of what we should smoke. And Yeah, we're always looking for new new things. New sticks. Eyes closed. Drum roll, please. Doom. Today we have the Oya de Nicaragua, Cinco de Quedas, which I smoked on show 15 episodes ago. Incredible stick. Goes for about 20, 25 bucks. But you will most definitely not be disappointed. So there it is. A little peppery, a little creamy, but very well balanced and perfect build. 
from my recollection. Uh, gr- grab that back out. We'll grab a picture of it to post on the um, to post on the pages with the socials anywhere socials with the episode promo that we do for sure. That'd probably be a good way for people not to forget. And thanks to Mama Kel for the stick pick name. Yeah, for that segment. Big shout out there again. All the creative things don't come from us. No, they don't. Just like the scratch and sip. Is that written down? I have it written down. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Props to our executive producer Shane. What a great addition. He had to bounce out of here a couple minutes ago, but man, this is really gonna, especially once we get it all, all our equipment actually in, exactly. get the kinks worked out. It's gonna be so. And smooth. just get used to it. Like I, I, I was very distracted tonight. Having the monitor up there constantly, always um, changing. Yeah. 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 So I would know I had a lot of pauses, a lot of ums, and a lot of um, pauses and interjections and just loss of train of thought, I guess. But again, we're trying something new. It's going to benefit in the long run. And that was with a chaotic trade deadline, whether you had 15 things you had to have the details on. Yeah. So exactly. that, that was really the worst week to start to this. To start, yeah. Yeah. 100%. But you know, that's just the way it goes sometimes. But it worked out. I loved it. And again, great addition. Shane's a great dude. Um, you've met him before. Yeah. What do you guys go back to? Uh, Middle school? No. So way sooner than that, actually. Oh, you're going summer way 2020. Old no. Summer 2020, I met Shane. Oh, really? I have the very, I might post the very first video. The first day I met Shane. Uh, I have a little video. We were all in my buddy Kyler's basement playing pool, and uh, I think it was during the Mike Tyson fight. Mike Tyson versus um, Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. Um, we were playing pool and stuff, and they were playing some music, and we just started Irish, like the our version of like Irish leg dancing. Oh my god, what's more fun than that? And we, I had my, ar- I was in the middle. I had my arms around my buddy Sam and this newfound friend Shane, and we were just going, and it, it's horrendous. And it's probably a shame to call it Irish leg dancing, but but you were shooting for it. We were trying. It's a thought that counts. And yeah. the fact that that was the first night I met him, I kind of knew that I was like, this is my kind of people. Excellent first impression. And now here he is, or here he was, and here he will be again. Exactly. Let's go with some ash for cash. You got the parlay. Went uh, one and two last week, although Volk was so close. So and close. the loss was a draw. For um, the first fight on that card, which uh, it could have gone either way, but unfortunately, you got to pick the winner. Draws don't count. Correct. This week, a little tougher because no NFL, no big time fights or anything. Got to be a little more creative. And it's the NBA All Star break. That's where we're going to go. Give me Dame Lillard at plus 470 to win the three point contest. Give me Trey Murphy to win the dunk contest. He's at plus 290. Five bucks down on that free bet, thanks to Gronk's kick, will win you 106.15. Pretty solid. We'll see what happens come Saturday. Close but no cigar. This is actually thanks to Shane. Uh, Yes, it was. Another great addition. Shane mentioned, hey, what about that uh, Spencer Dinwiddie buzzer beater that wasn't quite a buzzer beater? And I said, you know what? That was against your 76ers, so we'll go ahead and jot it down. And it was close. But no cigar. The, he released like m- not even second. half a second late 
I mean, it was the ball was on the fingertips coming out of the hand when the buzzer rang. When was that last foul? I think Eric Gordon found somebody like a, like a tenth of a second left to go. And I he think that three was free against throws. the Grizzlies. I think that was this week. That was also close, but no cigar. Yeah. Now let's talk bums. Also could have been a close, but no cigar, but take your first bum away. Going to Andy Reid. He just won a Super Bowl. Yeah, he did. But he lost me money. How did that happen? If they would have scored a touchdown and kicked the extra point, there are two things here. I would have won our squares, final score, which you did, so not too hurt on that. It's a team win. But if they would have scored a touchdown and kicked the extra point, I would have predicted the exact final score. I had it flipped, but I would have had the numbers right. So not the exact final score. Uh, the numbers. That wouldn't have won you a bet. Unless yeah. you, you, you uh, hedged it and it went both mm. ways. We don't talk about what I do in uh, my free time. <laughs> <laughs> this is free time. Oh, that's true. My first bum, I'm going to go with the MLB and TV deal, which is still in limbo right now. It was with YouTube TV. That's no longer a thing. They're trying to work on just having MLB TV be the sole provider, but that comes with a, so many local blackouts. I also saw they're putting like every minor league game on MLB TV, like 3,600 games or something ridiculous. So to watch league-wide, it's great. But if you're watching your, your local team, which baseball is the most local sport, you're probably out of luck for yeah. now, unless they work on this and get something worked out finally. Hopefully they do. Uh, ideally, yeah. Can I just buy MLB Network by itself and just have that? I don't need a whole cable package. I don't need to pay two fifty a month for cable. It's not nineteen eighty nine anymore. <laughs> this should be so easy to do. You would think. NFL's got it locked up. NBA, what NBA TV, League NBA pass. Live, League Pass, yeah. incredible, right? Yeah, NFL Red Zone. Probably the single best sports program out there. One hundred percent. You do a full Red Zone Sunday. You can't beat it. No. No commercials. Every score. Every big play. <laughs> I miss it already. You're number two next bum. bum. Juju Smith-Schuster. He is the only Chiefs still running their mouth, and he is like one of the – he did not have a productive year. Or a productive Super Bowl. Or really a productive Super Bowl. He had a couple catches in the second half. He ended the game with like five catches, 53 yards, no scores. Not horrible, but not enough to be running your mouth like you did something. Got into it with AJ Brown on Twitter, among of others. all people. Yeah, like quiet, one of the going, dude. best wideouts in the league, and your Juju Smith Schuster gonna come at him. Like last time I checked, Juju was on a one year deal, and AJ signed a four year deal for an ungodly amount of money. Could say it's pretty bummy behavior. Exactly, and we'll close it up with the field condition at the Super Bowl. Now you made the point that. They finally got a grass field, but then they painted the entire thing. And guys were slipping around left and right. Do you see this, the pile of cleats on both sidelines? Yeah, no. Most of the linemen especially, they had like three different kinds of cleats. And they just couldn't get grip with any of them. No. Which impacted the game, yes, but not for one team specifically. They it's both like, yeah. equally struggled, like Jason Kelsey said. But on your biggest stage, how do you botch it like that, NFL? They did it on purpose. 
I said, you want grass fields? Oh, you're going to get a grass field. May have been Believe a message. Believe that. May have been a message. Wish you had turf now, huh? I mean, yeah, for that week it would have been a little better. Yeah. You know who didn't slip, though? Rihanna or any of her dancers. Suspended above the field. <laughs> Fact. Next year, I want the game played elevated above the field. Wouldn't that be cool? No. <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't be. There would be multiple deaths. Uh, Probably. Guaranteed. Probably. You thought Mahomes hurt his ankle in this Super Bowl. <laughs> be a little worse next year. <sighs> That's all we got. That's all we got. Uh, again, shout out to all the all of our fans, all of our listeners. Tip Top, Cigaro, the OCM, the whole crew. Uh, we do have some new interviews lined up. I don't think we mentioned last week. No, we did not. The guys at B&G's, we'll be in touch with them. That would be... We'll discuss it on the 25th for that event. Right, but their, what's their names again? Uh, Brian and Gonzo. Brian and Gonzo. Great guys. Owners and the only staff there. Great guys. They work seven days a week. Ever, all year except, what is it, Christmas? Christmas Day. Christmas Day. It's insane. insane. A true labor of love. And then Patricia from Casa Aficionado. Which is out? Uh, I believe in Delaware. Delaware. So yeah, Columbus-ish. One of the few female cigar shop owners. I think the only one that I have heard of, actually, especially around here. So that'll be good to get her input on the industry also. Yeah, she just did another big interview with another show. She's very active on social media, very active in the community, and it seems to have a beautiful lounge, which I want to check out here in the next week or two before the interview. Right. And then, of course, Greg from Tip Top, um, our OCM guys, Sean from Guide Dogs. Yep, coming up. Going to be a great three months here. And again, thank you all. Please send in emails for fan questions. Text us if you have our number. I know a lot of you guys are family or friends. Reach out on social media. And when you guys listen, give us an honest rating on whatever app you're using because that'll help. The more ratings you have, it'll help get us into the algorithm a little better and it'll help us grow and add more input from who knows where. So it takes a couple seconds. Um, doesn't have to be super detailed comment or review. The more detailed, the better, obviously, because people do actually read reviews. Um, but yeah, leave a review for us. It, it'll help us grow. Uh, if it's a bad review and it's honest, then we can learn from that. Any feedback is good feedback. So we're learning and you guys are great for sticking around this long and being as consistent as you are. And we do this for you and we do this for us. So we're just one big sports and stogies family here. And where are we going, Cam? You know what we say. SMS. To the moon! <laughs>